I'm so glad that we can start recording now, now that your dog no longer has the noisiest bag of cheese I've ever heard. <laughs> Literally the noisiest. Do you go around and test bags of cheese for their noise levels? Yeah, I do, actually. I'm it's not a, it's, surprised. It's something any good podcaster should do, I think. Wow. <laughs> I have been slacking in my good podcasting then. You have, indeed. Actually, we have. <laughs> we have. We truly have. Uh, for those of you who are just now joining us, which is, oh, hi, all of you. Welcome to CritterCast, episode 52. My name is Karina. My name is Cassie. And this is our animal-themed podcast that we are supposed to upload bi-weekly. <laughs> uh, it's been double the amount of time it was supposed to be. We will tell you all about why at the end, if you choose to stick around and listen to that part. If you just want to listen to the animal part, that's totally okay. We'll start with that. And here we go. It's Cassie and Karina and we're at it again, sharing cool facts about our animal friends. We make stupid jokes and we laugh a lot, but we also like to learn, so give us a shot. We'll talk about snails and their tweezer teeth, or gush about our love of manatees. We'll tell you why owls are so scary to us, and there's tons more critters that we'll discuss. We promise to make sure you'll have a blast, because you're listening to CritterCast. Yes, that is us here at CritterCast. We are not animal experts. But we are very enthusiastic and pretty great researchers, if I do say so myself. I, I, I think we can... Well, I think we can safely say that okay. we we Good. love to learn new things and we love to teach you guys new things about all animals, big and small, ranging from the teeniest of tiniest aquatic snails yep. all the way up to the most massive birds flying in the sky. And today, Cassie has done our research. Yeah. So I don't know what we're talking about. So this is a great example of teeniest to hugest. What? Uh-huh. To both? Well, n- no. So last week, oh, okay. last last episode, yes, we did a teensy, teensy, tiny, occasionally, but sometimes it got kind of big, right. aquatic creature. Right. We're talking about seahorses. That's right. And seahorses can range from like, you know, an inch or two up to about a foot. So yeah. they're relatively small animals. Yep. But we're going to stay in the aquatic this time. Okay. However, we're going to go big. Big, big, big. Not humpback whale big. Not whale shark big? No, not whale shark big. Because you love whale sharks. I do. Not I'm saving that for a special number. Okay. So what are we talking about today? Greenland sharks. What? Ah, Greenland sharks. Have you heard of Greenland sharks before? I have never heard okay. of these animals. So that's not shocking. Yes. Because Greenland sharks tend to stick to really deep waters. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't move a ton. And they really haven't been on our radar for very long. All right. So a lot of people probably don't know about them, but they have some interesting stuff going on. So I thought it'd be fun to learn more about these animals. Yes. Why not? That's that's what CritterCast is all about. Yeah, it is. So let's do it. Okay. So Greenland sharks. They are also known as gray sharks. Gray sharks. Um. Several different names depending on different indigenous languages. It sounded like languages. you literally just said gray sharks or gray sharks. Gurry. <laughs> G-U-R-R-Y. Gurry. Okay. Gurry. That's or gray. An, that's a fun word. Yeah. And then a lot of their names translate to something having to do with sleeping shark because they are pretty slow movers. 
The second part of their, um, and that's what their the first part of their scientific name means. Mm-hmm. The second part of their scientific name means small head, which is pretty self-explanatory. Like physically small head? Yes. Or is that like a jab at their brain power? No. <laughs> well. Maybe both? Possibly both. Maybe both. Yep. So their somniosis microcephalus is their scientific name. Okay. They are a large shark of the Somniosidae family, which are sleeper sharks. Okay, yeah, because I was going to say that sounds like insomnia, mm-hmm. which we know has to do with not sleeping. Right. <laughs> so they they do sleep? They do sleep. They move pretty slowly. Okay. Yeah. That's just so fun because like when we talked about shark, we've called, talked about a couple of different sharks yeah. before, great white sharks yep. and goblin sharks. Yep. Um, and, and we talk about fish and sharks as like not really sleeping. So that what we're saying is there's an entire class of sharks that move so slow that they can in fact sleep. Well, at least they look like they're sleeping. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They're a part of the squaliform order and they're closely related to Pacific and Southern sleeper sharks. All right. However, these ones live mostly in the North Atlantic Ocean and in the Arctic Ocean. Okay. So is that like close to Greenland? Yeah. The North Atlantic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the Arctic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know my oceans well. <laughs> yes. I know where Antarctica <laughs> that, is and I know like where the Pacific Ocean is. Basically all around Greenland. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. So they're not super pretty sharks. Yes. I did in, in fact look up a picture of them. Uh-huh. I was not like, it wasn't one of those critters that you look up and you're like, oh my God, what no. am I looking at? Like, uh-uh. it's, it looks like a shark. It just looks like a really old, dirty shark. <laughs> that like, actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it just yep. looks like really old and really dirty. And yeah. I can't tell if that's just like the one that they have pictures of or if it's just, they all look like that. They all look kind of funky because they tend to stick to pretty deep sea levels. Mm-hmm. And so when they come up or are brought up to the um like shallow sea lever, waters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they're gonna look kind of lumpish. Yeah. Right? Like blobfish. Yeah. Like blobfish mm-hmm. are so used to that really heavy pressure right. of deep waters. That's why they look like blobs. Yep. They don't look like blobs in their environment. Exactly. Well they still kind of look a little blobby, but they need that squishiness. Right. Because they do go down into the really high pressure deep yeah. ocean. And so that helps them like things <laughs> expand, things swell up. Exactly. I was on a plane recently. I know what that feels like. <laughs> That's why they tell you not to drink carbonated drinks in a plane. That's I didn't. Right. I was smart. You'll explode. <laughs> It'll at least be uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> because you'll explode and that oh. is uncomfortable. Yes. So a writer for the New Yorker magazine who wrote an article all about these guys, the Greenland sharks, mm-hmm. said, and this is M.R. O'Connor. Thank you, M.R. O'Connor, for this very fun article. Said that to them, the Greenland sharks look lumpish with stunted pectoral fins that they use f- for ponderously slow swimming in cold, dark Arctic waters. And they All have right. <laughs> blunt snouts and gaping mouths that give them an unfortunate, dull-witted appearance. Oh, Ouch. yikes. <laughs> so a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. Physically small head, but also they look They just small may minded. not look. The, the but that's just their looks. They're incredibly well adapted to their environment. Perfect. Mm-hmm. As m- I find this is something that we see in a lot of deep sea creatures. Yeah. And that like to to what 
humans consider like hyper evolved and intelligent they may seem slow but that's just because their environment is so different like you wouldn't survive in their environment even though we have like you know fancy brains right and we'd probably look really weird in their environment also i think the simpler your brain works and the simpler the mechanisms work the less room there is for your brain to be broken sometimes like my cat (laughs) (laughs) accurate (laughs) (laughs) so they get pretty big they um grow to be about 21 feet and around 2200 pounds Although most Greenland sharks have been observed to be around 8 to 15.7 feet mm-hmm. and to weigh around 880 pounds. Mm-hmm. That might just be because we're seeing more of the younger ones coming up to the surface right. more often. Exploring a little, mm-hmm. seeking more food and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they're roughly around the size of great white sharks. Okay. I always have a really hard time with sea creatures because when you see pictures or yeah. videos of them like you can't imagine spatially how big it is because all that's around them is like water and other fish right. yeah and so when and then when we talk about the feet i'm like yeah that sounds right i feel like people right. tell me that great white sharks are 15 feet long but then when i think about like when i look at a human being that's super tall and they're only like six foot eight inches long, right like that's it's just a very large thing. You yeah. Know? It's totally. so much easier to picture like land animals. It's just really hard to understand how big these animals are yes. because the ocean is the oceans. Yeah. All, though they technically are all connected is just so large mm-hmm. that there's at least plenty of space for, for Greenland sharks and great white sharks to occupy different areas of the world yes. without ever running into each other. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, let's see some different ways you can think about the size of these animals. If they're around 16 feet, they're going to be about, um, four fifths as long as a giraffe is tall. Is, is like 16 feet, like a, like an RV sized or like a, like a, like a, pickup truck or an suv so think of the size of a bus oh like a standard like a standard bus city bus yeah and it's going to be about three-fifths as long as a a city bus so a little more than half yeah all right Mm -hmm. i could Mm -hmm. see it so like if you had a shorter rv Yeah. yeah or like you know like a little like a little uh a VW van, beep mm-hmm. beep, <laughs> but mm-hmm. slightly bigger than that. But oh, you know. okay. Here, you know Shaquille O'Neal? No, I don't. I can't picture exactly how tall he is. Oh. Well, sixteen feet is about two times as tall or oh my as God. long. That man as Shaquille is O'Neal. eight feet tall. <laughs> he is seven point two feet tall. Oh my God, <laughs> that's crazy. Yes. No, I could not picture how big Shaquille O'Neal is, <laughs> but I, I think. I get it. You think you have a a vague idea now? They're large. They're super large. They're pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. The males are typically smaller than the females. Okay. And they are a pretty thick set species. They have a kind of snub nose, rounded face. Okay. And really small eyes and a small dorsal and pectoral fin. And their gill openings are actually really small for a species that big. Okay. Yeah. So okay. they just kind of look a little different than your standard perception of shark. 
All right. Yeah. Like, I mean, like an alternate dimension shark. Like you can still see it being a shark. Right. But it's not what you picture when you picture shark. They do have fairly small eyes. Honestly, other than that, I don't, to me, they don't look super off from being a shark. Good, but good. I may be more used to seeing a variety of different types. I mean, like when you think about a goblin shark, like that doesn't really look like a shark to me. Very true. So, right? you know. Yes, they definitely look more like a shark than a goblin shark. <laughs> they look more like an animal that exists on Earth yes. than a goblin shark. So there you go. And they're typically a grayish color, though they might have white spots or kind yeah. of dark streaks. Yeah, they almost look a little bit more like whale in color than mm-hmm. like, then because a lot of times sharks have like very distinct, either like I'm one color right. or I'm one color on the top, one color on the bottom, right. or I have like a very distinct pattern. And then you got these guys. Yeah. And also goblin sharks. Wow. These weirdos. <laughs> the deeper you get. The weirder it gets. So That's true. Very true. There's just the deep sea is a mystery. Yes. To most of us. Yes. So they live at the ice edge of the ocean and they can go anywhere from the sea level to very deep waters like 7,200 feet deep. So they can come mm-hmm. up if they would like to. Yeah. But they likely spend most of their time deeper. Yeah. They like to dive down to really deep depths and just kind of chill. I mean, why not? It's yeah. probably really peaceful down there. Also, they probably don't have to use a ton of energy down there. They can probably like have really slow metabolisms, just kind of chill and digest for like ages. Yeah. <laughs> There's not likely a ton of predators down there that are larger than them. No. Not much is going to mess with them. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And that's actually one of the reasons that we don't know very much about them is that they probably spend a lot of their time de- down in the ocean. Yeah. So we have recorded them going as deep as 2,200 meters, which is over 7,200 feet. And, you know, who the heck knows if they go deeper? Right. Um, and a lot of times they've been observed, well, relatively a lot of times because we haven't observed them a lot Mm -hmm. but they have been found just kind of chilling out on the shelves that are far underneath the ocean surface okay yeah they're like oh this looks like a nice little seabed here yeah i'm just gonna chill on it yeah so they so they stick close to coasts to like land masses Mm -hmm. all right yeah and then that's not terrifying at all to think about no 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 and actually in greenland and the other parts of the eastern North Atlantic, or yeah, Atlantic, the eastern North Atlantic, they can be observed or even captured far inland, swimming in the deep fjords. Oh boy! Yeah, the fjords. Yeah, the fjords have many mysteries to unfueled. <laughs> I don't know why my teeth just whistled while I laughed. <laughs> uh, I just like that word. It's just fun. Fjord. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good word. But also that seems terrifying to yeah. me. Yeah. I, I like it when sharks stay where they are. And if I want to go see them, I can find them. Right. I do not want them to find me. You don't want them to lurk deep away where you can't see them and suddenly they're like, there. Oh, hey, friend, I'm inland like 500 miles. No, they just have too many teeth for me to be comfortable with yeah. that, you know? That's fair. There are some people who think that the... Greenland sharks might be a contributing factor in the myth about the Loch Ness monster. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Meh. I mean, there's all sorts of theories about what the Loch Ness monster might really be. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably just a monster. 
of course you do. But <laughs> your opinion has already been proven just an opinion. And if you don't know what we're talking about, you should join us on Patreon because we've had this conversation before. <laughs> well, we won't readdress that at this point. No, not today. So you might be wondering, well, Cassie, if they're so slow and sleepy seeming, how do they ever catch anything to eat? Well, Cassie, I know better than to assume that a sleepy looking animal such as a house cat is not a top predator, but perhaps our listeners may not know. Mm -hmm. Also, I don't know the details, so please do tell me. You're 100% right. They are top predators. Right? You're (laughs) like, it's a shark. (laughs) They eat a variety of fishes, invertebrates, and other prey. Okay. So remember when we talked about killer whales? Orcas, not, you know. Yes. They're not actually whales. Um, And we mentioned the fact that they sometimes eat reindeer. I I, vaguely i don't really remember it honestly <laughs> like if you told me that today i would have been like oh my god i never knew that so this is this is one of those weird funky things about greenland sharks is that dissected individuals mm-hmm. um have had the remains of polar bears reindeer horses and other large land mammals in their digestive systems so like polar bears and reindeer are not that like it doesn't it's not that it doesn't make that much sense because you'd find those guys, mm-hmm. so well, polar bears swimming occasionally, sure. like out on out on the melting ice sure. caps and all that fun stuff. Uh, and reindeer, you'd probably find very um, very near the coastlines in the fjords and yeah. things like that. Yeah. But getting all the way to horses, right? That that might be mm-hmm. a little shocking. Like, don't leave your horses so close to the coast; the sharks will eat them. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Those poor horses. <laughs> well, it's it's not clear because, again, we don't know a ton about these animals. Right. So it's not super clear whether or not they had eaten live prey that was in the water for some reason or if they, like, were able to jump out of the water and catch live prey mm-hmm. or um, if they were opportunistic scavengers. And eating dead prey mm-hmm. that had, had fa- fallen, in? fallen into the water. And- Drowned. drowned what's interesting is that there's been dumped like been like several reindeer, like. large land mammals that have been found in several individuals so it's not just one lucky one was like haha score eating polar bear to not yeah well the polar bears i think yeah. make sense for them to like go up there and find a swimming especially yeah. like as, because they can't tell the size right of the animal so especially like baby polar bears yeah, that makes totally. a lot of sense yeah but yeah but the ones that would like more regularly be exclusively right. on the land yeah are a little, a little bit scarier a little to think disconcerting about. right yeah You're like hmm yep mm. we do think that they act as ambush predators lying in wait mm-hmm. grabbing things as they approach yep it's a pretty effective way to hunt. Not expending a ton of energy. Mm-mm. You're huge. You don't really have to chase anything. You just kind of go, yeah. oh, that looks good. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's like a mix of opportunistic, but it's still predatorial. And that yeah. you will still actively like lash out and attack. Oh, totally. You just are like being more strategic about it. It's yep. really an elevated way of hunting. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Other famous ambush predators being lions. Yeah. And... No, wolves aren't really ambush predators, but no. but definitely like large cats. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of the the larger um, aquatic animals we've talked about are mm-hmm. ambush predators yeah. too. Yep. So we don't 
again, know a ton about where they do spend most of their time. The first time that the species was ever caught on film was 1995. And it actually took 18 years later for us to get a video of them that depicted them in their natural habitat. Wow. Yeah. So in 1995, we got video footage of them, I assume, like, near the coastline or the shore. Yeah, or maybe even, like, a caught species or... Right, right, right. And Mm -hmm. then 18 years later, when Karina was 18 years old... Yeah. (laughs) Then we had, like, the technology and finally actually found one. Yeah. So in, like, 2013. Wow. Yeah. Is that when I turned 18? Because Karina's old. Get out of (laughs) here. You are not one to speak, ma'am. Oh, wow. Ouch. (laughs) Madam. (laughs) Oh, very painful. (laughs) I was addressed as madam the other day. It really hurt me. Uh Like a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So we will have to update this when we find out more about them. But that's kind of all the background stuff we know. And now I want to get into the weird stuff. The weird stuff. But before we get into the weird stuff, oh, yeah. might it be a time, might it be a good point to uh, toss in a little promo? Well, I think for this promo especially, yeah, ta- yeah talking about Sprinkle weird stuff is a perfect Absolutely. opportunity. Well, this week we are sharing yet another promo from our friends in the Lady Pod, Pod Squad. Squad group, That's right. um, which is going to be super fun. So please enjoy. You totally made that up. Are you into history that's strange, weird, bizarre, creepy, and crazy? Maybe even spooky and scary with some monsters and mystery sprinkled in? Then You Totally Made That Up is the podcast for you. It's just like the name says. We tell you stories that are so unbelievable, they sound like someone must have totally made them up. Here's the thing, though. We don't focus on legends and lore. Our tales are filled with names and dates and all the facts we can find. So they're true stories, even when things try to take a supernatural paranormal turn. We've been known to bust myths on occasion, but mostly we just have a good laugh at all the things that can't and can be explained. Check us out on all your favorite podcast platforms and look for new episodes on Thursdays. We come at you bi-weekly with occasional bite-sized bonus episodes in between. You can also find us on Twitter at YTMTU Podcast and on Instagram at You Totally Made That Up. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that promo. It was a well-produced and very intriguing promo. (laughs) I certainly feel like I now need to check them out. Yeah, And I hope you guys follow all their instructions to check them out too. But don't go away too soon because we have some weird and (sighs) funky, hard-to-believe stuff to discuss all Mm -hmm. about Greenland sharks. Yep. And I, I myself am very excited. I always love an episode where I think it's always fun for us. It's fun to do the research, but yeah. it's always fun to be the one just receiving the research because <laughs> you could just kind of sit here and get your mind blown. So like every episode, just it's like so fun. really tighten your mind up because we're about to blow it up in a very non-aggressive way. And that <laughs> came out way wrong. <laughs> I should probably stop trying to hype it up. We should just we should just learn more fun facts. Okay. So the reason I wanted to talk about this particular animal, mm-hmm. and actually this was a listener requested animal okay. as well. We think that they are the longest living vertebrate species on the planet. That is a that's a big call. Yep. Like that's a that's a bold claim. They Cassie. have the longest known lifespan. 
Okay, so let's just let's just take a like a tiny clarification moment yeah. for our listeners, just in case right. any of y'all need a an elementary school refresher. Mm-hmm. Vertebrates are any animal with a spinal column, yes. and bones on the inside. Right, and once you get away from vertebrates, all sorts of weird things happen because then right. you can have jellies that are parts of colonies that some of the individuals might actually live forever it's just just very strange we're not going there today but in general vertebrates encompasses a massively yes large amount is half animals half of the types of animals we have and to make the claim that that we can document how old they are we're going to talk about that and that they have the longest like for sure known lifespan because yep. you know obviously they don't want to say yes a hundred percent because we might not right have might discovered some else. other ones but yeah. that's quite a claim and it must be a very impressive lifespan okay so think about lifespans for yes. vertebrates right yes. so i'm thinking of some of the the longest living species that i'm familiar with i'm thinking of like tortoises tortoises sea turtles parrots parrots yeah yeah up in the hundreds mm-hmm yeah. I mean, tortoises, I think we have recorded ones that are like 150 years old that Something are like that. give birth. Yeah. Right? And or sea turtles. Yeah. 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 Sea turtles. Okay. So how long do you think we might be estimating that Greenland sharks live? Um, is it cheating if one of the pictures I looked at <gasps> had a title? Girl, no. Well, okay. Tell did. us. Tell us. Tell us. Now that one, and I don't know if this is like yeah. the longest one, but that one said like 450. Okay, so there's a little bit of dispute about this because we can't perfectly record it yet. Right. But we estimate that they live between 300 to 500 years old. That's insane. So that means that there are Greenland sharks swimming in our same oceans today who were around like with Queen Elizabeth. That doesn't help me because I don't know my British history very well. Before the United States was a country. Yes. Called the United States. Yes. Yeah. That that I could I can count that. Honestly, like right after the first Spanish colonizers came to the States. Interesting. Yeah. Um so there might be whoa. Okay, think about it this way. There might be Greenland sharks swimming in the ocean who were swimming in the ocean. When Columbus was sailing it. Whoa. That's pretty wild. Ugh. Right? I know. Columbus. Poor sharks. Uh, also. He left like, a bad taste in their mouth. It's not even. What's what's fascinating about talking about animals that can live so long. Yeah. Like that long. Is not just. Oh. Like. Are they. You know. Are their bodies adapted to go on for this, this long amount of right. time. But how they have been able to adapt to some very significant changes yes. to the environment. Yes. Like incredibly significant because when Columbus was sailing the waters, we did not have technology. We right. weren't ruining the planet yet. Like, right. right. I mean, I'm sure the deep sea is one of the, is it's gotta be one of the most changed environments. Right. And they don't just live in the deep sea either. Right. Right. Which They're is, all over the place. Yeah. That's just wacky. Amazing. That like, and it's not just that the species has been able to persevere because we do see the loss of many, many species. Right. And that is amazing in and of itself that these, that like literally an individual shark could just be like, man, it's really hot today. (laughs) Like for 10 years. Yeah. Uh Must be summer. 
Oh my God. <laughs> These sharks are actually who the Game of Thrones characters were based on, where like seasons just last for like 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> the Game of Thrones characters were actually all just sharks. Oh no. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. So here's another cool thing is that it was really hard for us to estimate how long they live. We couldn't really determine their age using our regular approaches specifically for sharks. Mm -hmm. So we had to get creative. So usually for sharks, it's kind of like with, with uh, tree rings. So biologists will count the growth rings on their fin spines and their vertebrae. Okay. Uh-huh. So like trees. Yeah, exactly. Growth rings. Uh-huh. Interesting. Sharks and trees, man. Who so knew? and so they're counting like of deceased ones that they have found. Or taking like little small samples. Oh, mm-hmm. fancy. But they couldn't do that for Greenland sharks because Greenland sharks don't have hard tissues in their body. Even their vertebrae are soft. Mm. Yep. So do they even count as vertebrates? Yeah, because they have a spinal. But they have a skeleton and they have a spinal cord. And but it's only made out of soft tissue. Yeah, but they have it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But what's it made out of? Like cartilage. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So in 2016, scientists from a whole bunch of different fields had to work together to figure out how to measure the age of these. Um, specimens that they'd been catching and finding other people catch. Mm-hmm. So what they what they wanted to do was to carbon date. Okay. All right. And we've probably, I mean, everyone's heard about carbon dating. Carbon dating because that's how we find out how old fossils are. Right, right. And so it's looking for different types of um, isotopes and amounts of carbon isotopes mm-hmm. to see like what... The environment was like that you've lived through? Yeah, because we know when, we, when we're looking at isotopes, we know what the half-lives of all these things are. Right. So we know how long it takes them to break down to get to a certain point. Right. So they are trying to see, like, how long has it been since they started? Yeah. How, wh- where are they in their, in their process? Karina, you are so smart. Uh, I, I'm literally having to recall, like, seventh grade That's science awesome. class right That's now. That's a good memory right there. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Hansen. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good science teacher. <laughs> Everyone give a shout out to your science teachers. Yes. Um, okay. So what they wanted to do for the Greenland sharks was to look at their carbon-14 isotopes. Mm-hmm. And they figured out that the place they could find them in a Greenland shark was in their eye lenses. What? I know. Okay. If you're a little squeamish, this might be a place to turn down the volume or hit that fast forward 15 seconds. Okay. Okay. So say it in 15 seconds. Go. (laughs) See the transparent tissue in the Greenland sharks islands. (laughs) The, the tissue in the Greenland sharks islands is metabolically inactive, which means that they don't, they don't change too much themselves. They get new layers added onto them. It's kind of like how, um, how snakes have the little eye caps over mm-hmm. their eyes, but they shed them. Yeah. These ones just keep them on. So they just keep growing new and new. So then yep. they like get worse and worse vision. Yeah, actually that's very true. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> so like you have like a 500 year old shark swimming around that can't see anything. <laughs> yeah. But that's for a different reason. And we'll get there too. Oh no. 
But you know that impacts it. I mean, yes. if you have layers and layers of lens over your eyes, right. like... Well, they're very thin layers, but it means that you can peel back the layers and you can analyze each layer for the amount of carbon-14 in each layer. So, but you can't do that to a live species. No. So what they did was um, Greenland sharks, so this is another part of the weird, the weird, weird. They are toxic. Their meat is toxic. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so um, that's actually an adaptation to living at such deep ocean levels. Uh-huh. They have a high concentration of tryptomethylamine in oxide. Anyway, it's a type of material in their tissues that causes the meat to be toxic when eaten. What it does in their body is it acts like a um, like an antifreeze. Okay. It keeps their tissues from like freezing up in cold, cold, cold water. Like uh, like insulation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, however, if you were to catch the Greenland sharks and eat them, ingesting it can cause vomiting, diarrhea, convulsions, and the appearance of drunkenness, which is why native Greenlanders actually called someone who has had too much to drink shark sick. Interesting. Right? That's not to say we don't actually eat them, though. We'll come back to that in a little while. Um, so they get caught generally as bycatch. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of useless for the people mm-hmm. who were catching them. Right. So they were just discarding them. But mm-hmm. these scientists who kind of band together were like, uh, we'll buy any of the ones that you catch. Right. And, and we would like to harvest the eyes, please. Also, please, please. Invent better ways of catching so that right? you eliminate bycatch. Absolutely. Ridiculous. That's a whole other giant issue. But at least science could benefit from it. Yeah. Yeah. We found something. <laughs> we found some way to make use of your dumb bycatch. Yep. So th- what they do is they peel back the, <laughs> the lenses, kind mm-hmm. of like the rings of a tree. They analyze the amounts of carbon in each layer and they were able to purchase 28 bicot specimens in 2016 and retrieve the lenses and collect data. So they estimated that the two biggest sharks that they found were between 335 to 392 years old. Wow. Right. The analysis of all the shark tissue indicated that the lifespan of the Greenland sharks that they caught ranged between 252 to 512 years old, although likely mm-hmm. the oldest one was 390. Okay. 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 Don't really understand how that math works. I but <laughs> Well, because it was still alive and chugging. Okay. Could have been a little older, but... All right. Yeah, so... Even if they only typically lived in that lower range of the estimate, right. the like 250, right. that still makes them the longest living vertebrate known to, known to science. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say because I think otherwise people will say um, that the, the um, what is the, it's not like it's not just the sea turtle. There's, a, there's another name. The razorback sea turtle, so the leatherback, like the leatherback sea turtle, mm-hmm. is otherwise I think maybe I the think longest right. living vertebrate. Yeah, but, and they certainly don't live all the way up to two hundred and fifty. So no, so yeah, wow. and it's possible that they could even live double that age. Yeah, because I mean, what you catch is bycatch. Like it's not an exactly. accurate sampling of right everything. And we were talking about like we we tend to see the smaller ones more often near the surface. So right. it could be that the older, bigger ones hang out more 
below where they're not getting ca- caught as bycatch. Exactly. Yeah. I just, <sighs> I, fi- I, I continue to find it fascinating. I get my mind blown every episode, not just about the interesting facts we learn about some really wild critters, but also that like out there somewhere, there's a massive group of people yeah. whose entire careers yeah. are dedicated to learning information that most of the world will never know. Oh, that's so sad. It's like, it's, it's a little bit funny. You know, it's only a little bit. Like, oh my gosh. It's only, think of it in that, like, you might spend your whole, like, week frustrated about one small thing. And then just, like, remind yourself that across the world, somebody doing something else and worrying about something else has no idea what you're stressed about. And I think it me for me, it helps. Like it helps me remember how big the world is. Yeah. Especially right now when you have like a lot of stressful stuff happening in your (laughs) immediate area, whether it's your own personal life or your whole country going insane. Um, there, there's just, there's still like someone out there, some scientist in Greenland Mm -hmm. is uh, like peeling back lenses of a Greenland shark's eyes. And like, it's fabulous. Their life. It's amazing. And it's (laughs) wonderful. And that's just, you know, yes. Keeps you humble. Thank (laughs) you so much to the people who do these. Right. Like, oh my gosh. Who teach us these things. Whose, whose carnal need is just to find out more about right. what the the massive amounts of critters that we don't know about. Yeah. There are so many animals that we know exist and that we know nothing about. And then there are tons of animals out there that are yet to be discovered. It's amazing. Oh my gosh. So you may have worried that when we took like an unexpected small break from CritterCast that we were just like, you know, we were done ah, for. We ran but, out like, of animals. How could we ever be done for? Oh my gosh. Yes. This yes. is just, uh Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? It's really exploded my mind in a very aggressive way. So, ha. you know, there you go. Ha. Win. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. So here is a little bit of context for why we think they live so long. Mm-hmm. So obviously, if they're living in these deep pressure, cold, cold, cold environments, they, they tend to live at around like negative one to 10 degrees Celsius. Right. Uh, which is Chile in the Fahrenheit system. Right. <laughs> About 30 degrees Fahrenheit to max 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a super slow metabolism. Right. Mm-hmm. Which means that they can live a lot longer. They're just not using up their bodies and their energy very quickly. Right. They don't actually even reach sexual maturity until... Guess, 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 guess. Um, guess. Think about that lifespan. A hundred. 150. Really? Yeah. That's a long time. Isn't that Even crazy? for that lifespan. I love it. Ugh, it's so neat. Ugh. All right. So remember how I said that they're blind sometimes? Yes. <laughs> so this might also give you a little bit of the heebie-jeebies if you're a little sensitive. So warning. Okay. Um, kids, you're going to love this part though. So... Parasites, of course, are common for all sorts of different critters. In particular, eyeball parasites are Mm. common for Greenland sharks. And also snakes. Yeah, that's true. Yep. And also humans. Ew. We have all kinds of tiny bugs in our eyelashes. Okay, well, these are parasites that attach to the front of the eye, destroy the corneal tissue, rendering the shark partially blind, and they are 
long, like 10 inches to a foot long sometimes. Ew. So if you Google a picture of Greenland sharks, you might see things dangling off of their eyeballs. Oh Those are parasites God. who are eating their eyeballs. Ew. I know, right? Gross. It's so cool. I don't like that at all. I mean, luckily, they're used to living in these very dark depths and so they yeah, don't all i had to do was scroll down <laughs> a little bit disgusting i know super gross i love it um so they're using their other sensory systems in order to get around and find prey so they don't really have to worry about going a little bit blind gross it's not a problem so actually over 90 percent of arctic greenland sharks have that the eyeball parasites yucky i, I know, don't like this at all Probably not very comfortable for them. No, no. disgusting. Um, you want to hear something else that's kind of gross? No, not really. I feel like I've had enough. Too bad. So the when they take a bite out of somebody. Somebody? Yeah. How about something? Sure. Yeah, something. Definitely. When they take out a, a bite out of somebody, their teeth, the Greenland sharks, are designed to cut out plugs of flesh. So the teeth on the upper jaw are these narrow, pointed, smooth teeth. And so that'll anchor the food item. And the lower jaw, the teeth on the lower jaw are large and broad and they curve sideways. So they'll swing their head in a circular motion and cut out a round plug of flesh that they can then swallow and eat. Ew. I know it's awesome. No, These it's guys are gross. so cool. No. Yes. No. So, so cool. Um, I also told you earlier that they are toxic, right? If right. If we were to eat them. But then you also said, we'll get back to it, but it doesn't mean we don't eat them. <laughs> well, that's because we humans tend to be pretty determined. We're dumb. That's why. And a little foolhardy. <laughs> yes. So they have long had traditional ways in Greenland to eat Greenland sharks. They will treat the sharks in a really particular way in order to reduce the toxin levels and they eat it in, oh, I'm sorry, in Iceland, not in Greenland. I don't think there are many people in Greenland. In Iceland, they eat them. Iceland where it's more green, Greenland where it's more ice. Exactly. Makes no sense. Yes. Um, so the way that they prepare this meat in order to eat it is that first they have to bury the meat in the ground for six to 12 weeks. Okay. And that's so that they can expose it to several cycles of freezing and thawing. Okay. And then they'll hang the meat up to dry for several months. Okay. And then they'll cut it into bite-sized cubes. And the the end product, which is called hakarl, okay. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that right. Yeah, who is, is? considered a delicacy. One that Chef Anthony Bourdain called the single worst, most disgusting, terrible tasting thing that he's ever eaten. Well, it's dead, dried out. Yeah toxic shark it's not toxic anymore oh okay great yeah does it still have like drunken qualities it might make you drunk for other reasons because uh -huh. <laughs> you might have to drink too much to get the taste out of your mouth Ugh. <laughs> i've never been to iceland i don't know i haven't tried this so maybe it just didn't agree with his particular palate i mean you know i don't think that all all chefs mean like they should just say what tastes good and what doesn't. Right. right. But also, ugh. would you eat it? No, but I don't eat fish at all. I'm, tr so. I'm trying to decide if I would eat it or not. I'm not sure. I wouldn't. I'm kind of adventurous, but I'm not crazy adventurous either way. 
I might eat it. All right, listeners, let us know. Would you eat it or nah? Nah. We'll put up a, a, a poll. Okay. I think I'd try it. I think I'd try a little bite just to see. Just to see. Although, what a human kind of thing is that? To be like, huh, here's this toxic 500-year-old animal. I'm going to eat that. <laughs> it's so human. It's I'm so over human. humans. <laughs> so over them. Oh, you'll just have to go move in with the Greenland sharks. No, I don't want to live with them either. They're terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're awesome. You think every animal is awesome. It's true. I do. Really do. Except for squirrels. Get out. That's what we're going to do next, and you know it. <gasps> What? No. no, I don't have time to research squirrels enough right now. Okay, good. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. All right. So that's that's the rundown on Greenland sharks for you. That is the rundown, We're, in fact. Yeah. And and I really, partially because I don't know anything about them. I never heard of them before today. Uh-huh. And partially because I feel I've done a pretty good job inserting my reactions. Yes. Just right into the moment yeah. today. I don't really have anything to add. Yeah. I just don't. I think we, we talked about everything as we were going pretty well. So, you know, if, you, uh, mm-hmm. if you're the kind of person that's really only here for purely the animal facts, stick around for the next five-ish minutes, and then uh, this episode will be a little bit on the shorter side for us. Mm-hmm. It'll still be pretty average. Uh, before we wrap up kind of the, the traditional stuff, we do want to do our adoption pet spotlight Woo! because love we have to and because it's lots of fun. Today, I picked some animals. I picked two different animals because why not? Today, we are traveling to Austin, Texas to to learn about some of these awesome adoptable animals. And I'm just doing a quick double check to make sure that both of them are still actually available for adoption. (laughs) Uh, Just not not to confuse anybody here. But the reason that we're traveling to Austin, a little bit of personal info for you guys, which we will dive more into at the very end if you're interested in uh-huh. Some updates on us um, is that I was in Austin, Texas last week, the week before yeah, ish, um, for an, a, an apprenticeship through the Maddie's Fund. What is Maddie's Fund? Maddie's Fund is a large organization that focuses on fundraising and creating educational opportunities and research for the animal rescue and animal sheltering field. Okay. So they have what's called the Maddie's Fund Life Saving Academy, where different shelters from all over the country, different shelters and rescues will say, hey, you know what? We like pioneered this. We're really good at this. And we'd Uh like to teach other shelters how to get this started. Very cool. And Maddie's Fund helps fund all those programs, helps make sure that like, you know, that it gets interested people to those shelters, and I participated in one of their programs mm-hmm. to learn how to create a volunteer program for volunteers working with dogs specifically. So cool. What a and great opportunity. Yeah. This apprenticeship in particular was taught by... Uh, was taught by Austin Pets Alive. So that is the apprenticeship I was at, and I spent some time while I was there with two very sweet dogs at Austin Pets Alive, and I just felt like they needed to be highlighted. So I've gone ahead and double-checked that they are still available for adoption, and they are. So the first dog is Sunny, and Sunny is an 86-pound, likely pit bull mix. He is a male. He's about two years old. He has the sweetest face. Aww. Oh my goodness. He's he's just 
big and tall and muscly and super goofy. Like he is such a sweet Adorable. dog. He is super smart. He is headed into one of their training programs. Oh. He's relatively new to them. Yeah. So uh, they hadn't really figured out what was the best pathway for them. So the way they do their program is that any dogs that are there for a certain amount of time or longer, any of their long stay residents, yeah. automatically are going to be either put into their canine good citizen training program or their top dog program for dogs that are not eligible to be canine good citizens. Ah. But that starts them working on a lot of really cool skills that just makes them awesome dogs in their homes. Wow. Even if folks decide that they don't want to go through the certification, it's it doesn't matter to them. Good foundation. Yeah, it just means that they. They know their basics yeah. and they know a couple things above their basics. Wow. Which is really cool. And with Sonny, I know that I was watching them and we were already teaching him things like, you know, how to sit and calmly wait and be approached by a stranger oh, and how to uh, identify and go to a certain place, how oh, we were working awesome. on recall which is a slow journey, but that's to have a shelter get started with that that's is a fantastic. lot of help. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, and he, one of my, one of my fellow apprentices mm -hmm. took him home for a sleepover to her oh. Airbnb and well, said that he was just a doll and snuggled in bed all night. Oh my God. One of the days that we were training, we were like doing a lot of classroom stuff, but uh -huh. he was in the room with us and he just went over to a bed with his toy and fell asleep. What a good and it dog. Was so adorable. What and I loved him. Sweetheart. But he also had really stinky farts so just keep that in mind oh, okay good to know no cheese <laughs> very food motivated very easy to train <laughs> cool dog uh check him out that's sunny. yes please that's sunny s-o-n-n-y at austin pets live and you can search by name on their website nice. so you should be able to find him perfect the other dog we worked with is jackie and jackie is also um also probably a mix but they have her labeled as a pointer mix she is a 52 pound three-year-old female okay um at our at, at a lot of other shelters, she may have been called a pity mix, uh -huh. but she has definitely a, a narrower build than a okay. traditional pity. So I could see the pointer mix too. Um, Jackie is absolutely precious. She is a, in training to be a canine good citizen. Wow! So she is kind of receiving like their highest level of training, which That's is so awesome. Cool. Uh, she is also super smart. We worked with her a lot. Aww. She is a little bit, even though she's older, she's a little bit more puppyish in her mannerisms. Ah. She's a little bit more excitable and jumpy. And, Cute. I uh, but like she's that. learning against that, you know, learning right. not to just launch at people. And right, she's right. a little bit smaller. So yeah, it's not as big of a deal. Right. Um, but she is also just absolutely precious. She's black and white. So black with a, kind of a stripe of white down her face, down her chest, down her Cute. stomach, and some little white on her paws. Aww. She is super sweet and just incredibly adorable. Aww. If you are looking for a dog in the Austin, Texas area, mm -hmm. please check out both Austin Pets Alive and Austin Animal Center. They're both really cool facilities. I had a chance Yay. to spend a lot of time at Austin Pets Alive and take a quick trip to Austin Animal Center as well. And it's a great place to go if you're looking to add a family member. So cool. They have cats there too, but I spent my week sure. focusing on dogs. And next week we'll go ahead and back to highlighting a, a different type of animal. Absolutely. Uh, so that is our adoptable pet spotlight for this episode. I love it. Thank you so Check much for sharing those with us. They're really cute dogs. You can see pictures of both Jackie and Sunny on our Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Yay. Dog uh, pictures. All of them. Yes. And before you leave, don't click away just yet. Follow us on social media. 
<laughs> you can find all of our episodes, all of our show notes, lots of extra fun resources mm-hmm. on our website, CritterCastPodcast.com. That's right. And you can also find all kinds of fun things, relevant articles, animal memes, just pictures of Karina holding baby ostriches because that happened to me this oh week. Oh my gosh. On our social so media channels. Jealous. On Instagram, we are at CritterCast Podcast. On Facebook, we are at Just Plain CritterCast. And on Twitter, we are Cast Critter. That's right. And if you're looking for even more CritterCast content, you can hop on over to our YouTube channel, which is just youtube.com slash CritterCast. Right. And watch some of our fun reptile show vlogs and meet the Critter videos. Awesome. Or you can join us on Patreon for extra exclusive content first access to all kinds of fun things and occasional free stickers and postcards Woo! and that's patreon.com slash crittercast how can you resist i don't know how you could yep yep that's gonna wrap all the uh, business as usual up for us <laughs> if you'd like to stick around for a few extra minutes for a life update on cassie and karina and uh, apologies for <laughs> ditching you guys. This is what we're going to talk about next. So if if not, you've gotten the good info. Ooh. We will see you next time. And if you're sticking around, get cozy, friends. Oh, my gosh. All right. So the first thing we should say is that we um, keep an eye out for an interview with us on the podcast podcast we listen to mm-hmm. that will be coming out sometime in March and we'll let you know when we have the exact date. Yes. So that's super exciting. We're, yes. we're so thrilled yeah. that Jeremy Collins, the host of that show wanted to chat with us. Yeah. He reached out. He was excited about it. We were excited super about fun. it. We recorded that a couple weeks ago. So, and, and he told us it would go out some point in March. So yeah. we'll, we'll keep we're an excited eye out to see that. For very, sure. very exciting. We're oh. thrilled. Yes. Um, luckily, that happened right before our lives completely exploded. In a good way. In the best way. Yeah. In the best way. So we recorded um, We recorded that crossover. We recorded our um, collab with Hidden Wings and Bloodlust, which mm-hmm. is already live, and we've already kind of posted about it. And if you haven't it. listened, go check it out. That's it's an a, awesome it was a show. Fun, it was a fun little interview. Hello, Pop Pop. This is the this is the casual fireside chat portion, so it's okay <laughs> if you do a little borky. That's fine. She um, likes to contribute. Yeah, and then right after that, <laughs> we didn't get the chance to record this episode before I went to Austin, right? Um, because we just I was packing. It was insane. It didn't happen. Then we came to come back to record an episode again, mm-hmm. and we're missing some of our equipment because Cassie is currently teaching a new generation of future podcasters, yeah. which is so exciting. So exciting. But we had brought some of our equipment to show them. She had purchased through the school, thank goodness, not yes. on her own dime, yes. um, some equipment for them to use. Mm-hmm. But we brought some of ours to demonstrate and then forgot that some of it was still with them, Whoops. so we could not record. Nope. And then, like, <laughs> three days later... Uh, we just both ended up jumping into the house buying process in a very serious way very quickly so we're both buying houses and we're moving away from each other oh no oh no fans don't worry we're not moving that far away from each other (laughs) we will absolutely still be able to record critter cast the way you know and love it oh yeah uh we should be able to do some remote episodes if needed but we won't be far away we will be able to do our fun in-person recordings, just like we always do. And um, hopefully we will have 
even better recording spaces. Yeah. So we'll be able to bring you better quality audio and maybe even like yeah. branch out into one or two video episodes or something if we want to go super crazy. Whoa. Not so. We need pretty good lighting for that. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, so yeah, if for, for those of you that uh, know us in real life or are, you know, friends with us on real life or in, you know, in like our personal social medias or whatever in real life, <laughs> in too, real life on real life. I don't know. It's late. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I have been in, in the home buying process casually for about a year, seriously for like the last three or four months mm-hmm. to the point where, you know, I started thinking, well, when I, when I do want to move closer to work, which, you know, will be fair, you know, as soon as I can manage it, I would like to buy instead of rent. And then I, I had support and fi- both financial and emotional support from family that made it, you know, even a reality for me to look into right. it. And then I spent the last few months really um, dialing down my finances and knowing yeah. that I could afford to own a house and paying off all my excess credit card debt and just knowing that I would be in a good place to, to actually make it happen for myself without getting in over my head. Yeah. We're both super aware of the positions of privilege that we're in where we can do this at this point and get out of the rental market, which is just increasingly expensive in California. (laughs) Yeah. For us, renting financially just didn't make that much more sense, but it also didn't make sense to, um, you know, look at houses together when my job is currently so right. far away and when we are friends, but not life partners and, uh, <laughs> and uh, oh, surprise, surprise. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we may at some point, either of us like to have our own life partners or maybe not, or you now know, taking applications and slide maybe, on into those DMs. Maybe boys. we would each like a few more cats and <laughs> we just can't do it together. <laughs> you know, you never know. Um, and so I, I'm really glad that I, so when I came back from Austin, I, I saw my first couple of rounds of houses yeah. and was highly disappointed. And then I found one and it was great. And I put in an offer and we went back and forth and it was a very stressful, like Ugh. three to four days of my life. So stressful. And then all of a sudden they were like, okay, yeah, you can buy a house at that price. And <gasps> now I'm officially buying this house. Yeah, you and are. it's insanity. It's very exciting. And your journey went quite different from mine <laughs> i think because this has it been did. like it it's been crazy in how it can for me go from oh i kind of want to buy a house to okay i'm, I'm pre-approved for a loan now mm-hmm. oh i saw a couple houses too oh i'm buying it right and that's been kind of insane but i feel like yours was even more insane <laughs> <laughs> well i wasn't quite sure if i wanted to buy or not because the timing's just going to work out kind of funky for me because our our apartment lease is up in july and I didn't want to move twice in a row. So, and I, I couldn't really buy a house before I had money that I will earn over the summer from teaching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome teaching job um, that I was going to use as my down payment and like moving money. Um, so it, the timing just didn't work out for me to buy on the same schedule that it did for you. Right. But I also didn't want to move from one apartment into another one and then... And move into a house. Right? So, right. so then I just kind of randomly decided to buy a new build house where I can rent out one or two of the rooms. Right. Yeah. And, and by randomly decide, she means, well, um, I, I thought 
timing wise and experience wise that that would be the better uh the better process for you than going through the more kind of yes. <laughs> standard buy a home that's on the market right. compete against multiple people type thing not yeah. know what you're buying until you're buying exactly. it kind of thing um but it just so happened that in the city that we live in where you would like to continue staying yeah. there they are of course still building new homes and there was just like one model that was like one of the only ones in your price range that actually really would work well for you. So well. And then it has to move fast from that point. Yep. So while actually buying your home will be a very lengthy process right. because it has to be built and you right. have like, there's so many steps along the way and you have to design everything. Um, the jumping in and saying, yes, I'm going to buy this house had to, had go to be very, very fast, fast because prices go up yep. and lots go away yep. and there you go. And I, I, I'm incredibly lucky that one of my dear friends is going through that exact process right now. Right. And so I could talk with her and find out what her experience was and learn more yeah. about that process. Yeah. So I could see that that really was the right fit for me. Yeah, absolutely. Ugh. And get some tips from her and just like yes. know how to go into it educated. Yes. And um, and it's so that's been really crazy for us. And it's <laughs> going to continue to be crazy. We are going to do our absolute best to make sure that um, regular CritterCast episodes still get released. Absolutely. On now that, you know, now that we're a little bit caught back up. Basically, we just kind of skipped an episode. But yeah. here we are. A little caught back up. We are going to do our absolute best to make sure that the regular content keeps going out. But the extra special content was our goal to get it going again. And it's still a goal. I just don't know how achievable that goal is for you guys because life is insane. Buying a house is insane. It takes a month. Yeah. So like all of March, I'm going to basically just yeah. be like, trying to solidify all of this and like yeah. setting up my water and, internet oh boy. and like, it's a crazy. And then packing and, and moving. Packing. And yes. Yes. And packing and She's moving. She's only moving like less than an hour away. So yes. never I'm, fear. I, I am will moving a total of like 36 miles. <laughs> so, but it's, but it's still, it's, uh, you know, yeah. moving and moving all my pets is uh, going to be yep. a challenge. Yeah. Maybe we'll do like a, a, vlog about how to move with pets yeah how that to might move be with really an excessive helpful. amount of pets yeah exactly that's the <laughs> title <laughs> yeah and yeah. also how to move with my reptiles versus moving with yep. my mammals is two distinctly different very different things mm -hmm. because they have to have their environments kind of well i mean they all should just kind of have their environment sort of ready to go but also like it's so hard for mammals yeah. when their environment is the whole home you're going to create a bunch of chaos in their home yep. and then move them into like an empty home and try to unpack around them. Yeah. But that that's kind of the only way to do it. Right. So. Right. But we'll talk about some tips and strategies. Yeah. So uh, keep a lookout for that. Maybe that'll be our Patreon exclusive content yeah. for March because that'll be what we're doing in March. I think that sounds great. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so that's what we're doing. Y'all let us know how you are doing. Please do. Yeah. We don't want to just talk about ourselves. No, we want to hear how everything is going in your life. We want to know about animals that you think people should know about for adoption. We want to know if you've ever bought a house, how did you deal with the stress and anxiety? And also, like, what packing and moving tips do you have? Please right. tell us. Yeah, <laughs> and we want to know if you're digging this current audio setup and this new... Um, this fancy new audio interface that we're using. Do yeah. you like it? Do Can you, you tell a difference? It? Are we blasting your eardrums? Ooh. We don't know. 
Uh, do you... Do are we you blowing your minds? <laughs> aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> and if we are, don't forget to tell a friend about CritterCast. That's right. We hope you enjoy it. We know you have. We know you're going to tell the world all about how cool Greenland sharks are because CritterCast listeners are the types of people that stop to let turtles cross the road. Absolutely. Yep. And, they just are. And don't just sit in their horn, the, in their car and honk their horn at them. No. Because they recognize that will be futile. Yeah. And they just sit back and watch and enjoy the, the life of the turtle. There you go. Yeah. Living in the world. Yep. I think that's going to be it for us today. See you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile. This is the Critter Cast Podcast.